Hello there, lucky listeners of The Partial Historians. I am one Dr. Ratness. I am Dr. Greenfield. <laughs> well, then sure if you're going to join me for a second there. <laughs> I waited for your sly glance over towards yeah. me, and then I coyly introduced myself. Well done. Uh, so please join us today on our continuation of our journey from the founding of the city of Rome until it peters out some few centuries from now. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I don't own the petering out, I have no. to admit. Um, but it is something that's going to happen. Yes. Now, the last time that we left you, I believe that war with the Sabines was looming on Dr. Greenfield's Surprise! horizon. <laughs> Once again, the Romans are at war. <laughs> yes. For those who have been listening to this series since the beginning of the founding of the city, the Sabine conflict just knows no bounds. Uh, yeah. Backwards and forwards. It is. It it's is a, a bit amazed. My, my account uh, in Livy is a little bit uh, briefer. Oh yeah, I'm going to be taking the stage than yours. today. Yes, because basically Livy sort of gives us the defection of uh, Appius Claudius and his tribe from the Sabines mm. to the Roman side of things as sort of tensions are brewing. And then he kind of just basically says, you know, we crashed them. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> Undo the next part of history. Exactly, yeah. And then it, w- it will come up again, but it's not quite the showpiece that I think it is in your account. Yeah, so please look, Dionysius of Halicarnassus has so many details that he feels it's very important all right, for us all to understand. I'll just, I'll just kick back and chime in <laughs> when I can. <laughs> Let me paint you a picture. Please do. <laughs> it's around about 504-ish. Okay. Uh, the consuls, uh, Publius Valerius Publicola. Uh, mm. I'm going to run with that pronunciation from now. I'm going to try. It's okay. more challenging for me. <laughs> Publicola. I'm going to go with that. He's consul for the fourth time. Nice. Very, yeah. very fancy. Indeed. People like him. <laughs> He's sharing the consulship mm. with Titus Lucretius. Okay. He was consul for the second time. Mm-hmm. They were previously consuls together in 506. Now the romance continues. Yeah. The romance is happening. Are these two men trying to be jewel kings together? Oh dear. Don't even suggest it. I thought we were into the Republican period now. (laughs) I'm just becoming a little bit suspicious with all of these multiple consulships. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as we we might recall, I believe Valerius was once suspected of designs back back in the day. Yeah, but it's almost like this additional name, this... uh, the, yes, the, the publicola name. Yeah, publicola. Now he's all. Now he's loved by the people. Exactly. Yeah. He can do no wrong. He's of course, big, he's not after he's a the big fluffy teddy bear. Oh, <laughs> love that man. Except in battle, of course. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So let me proceed straight please to it. Please do. Please do. Uh, so uh, one of the cities that mm. we've been mentioning a little bit in the previous episodes leading up to this one yes. is the city of Fidine. Yes, we have. Um, yeah. This is a key outpost in terms of this particular war. Right. Uh, the Sabines are interested. Yep. Um, they're holding the place mm-hmm. and the Romans crop up. Yeah, because it's quite close to Rome, this place, isn't it? Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I think I looked it up because sometimes my geography is not so great. I think it's it's relatively close to Rome. Yeah. Uh, our challenges yeah. with the ancient mapping. Yeah, obviously, does it's does make it all a Never little certain. bit questionable. Yeah, um, but yeah, like yeah. it's near-ish. Yeah, it's not like Naples. It's like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going yeah. all the way to Naples. Yeah, yeah, we're hanging around in the hinterland. 
Um, Fidine. So yeah. the Sabines rock up and they form two camps. Yeah. Um, one of them's outside Fidine, one of them's in Fidine. And they're like, look, we're going to look after this. <laughs> we're only with Fidine. Fidine, Fidine. Yeah, Fidine. Yeah. <laughs> Sabines are being led by uh, Sextus Tarquinius as their general. <gasps> no way! Uh, oh my god. <laughs> the horror. The, the horror. horror. <laughs> the Tarquinii, they just don't know when to die. <laughs> So in everywhere. <laughs> I know. I feel like they should have been done with a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but it turns out there's a lot of detail in these early years. Yes. Uh, whether you can believe any of, of course. it or not. Yes. Any case. Yeah. Uh, various um, uh, Valerius Publicola and Titus Lucretius, they go out. Right. And they camp near the Sabines. Uh-huh. Publicola out in the open, Lucretius, mm. you know, on a hill looking mm. down, clear yeah. view. High. We, oh. so it's good to have high ground. It's yeah. all very yeah. nice. Yeah. And both sides are thinking about how they're going to ambush the other. Yeah. Um, the Sabans have this great plan for a night attack. Okay. Uh, and they're going to do some interesting things there with some ditches and scaling and whatnot. And the Romans are sort of like, yeah, we could be involved in some ambushes ourselves. So there's some backwards and forwards, like tactical stuff going on. Right. And anyway, it's looking great, except that the Sabines, unfortunately, have a deserter. <gasps> I know. I hope it's but, not a Tarquinius, but, because I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> An unnamed deserter. Excellent. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Informs the Romans of the Sabines' plans for this night attack. And (laughs) the story is corroborated by this band of uh, Sabine warriors that are captured out and about. Yeah. Uh, They're brought in and they're like, so what do you know about the plans? And they're like, (laughs) we can do It's going to be a night attack. Um, (laughs) You dragged it out of (laughs) it. Let us live. (laughs) Uh, And so they're like, okay, that's a sure bet. Um, So Publicola lets... Uh, Lucretius, no, because he's camped further away. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I've got this plan. Um, we've learnt this from the deserters and the prisoners. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to wait for them to attack us at night and then spring a trap. <laughs> Just you wait. I feel like there's a good there's a good uh, opportunity for a line such as, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> Come up. Exactly. Yeah. Just a little bit closer. <laughs> I have then... a present for you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much how it goes down. The Romans basically hide themselves all around uh, the edges of their own encampments. Right. Um, so they've dug their own ditches around their camp. Right. And they're hiding out. Yeah. And the Sabines feel like they're fairly confident because they already, they already hold for DNA. So they're like, look, yeah, yeah. we just need to destroy this army. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Romans are there behind their palisades in the darkness. Yeah. And the Sabines come across and they think they're being all very sneaky and night attackish. <laughs> and as each wave comes across, the Romans just kill them. Right. <laughs> there was no hint that something maybe not going to plan. Silently kill them. Right. Silently kill them. Well done. Well it done. It does the take some time I for the, the Sabines to find out what's going on. <laughs> the only way you can visualize this is that maybe the Romans, okay, let's just pretend that they are able to kill them in total silence mm. that they somehow like what are they like throwing them into the ditches behind them or something just yeah to, they're like... kind of just piling them up along the edges of yeah, the ditches yeah. so if I imagine it happening yeah wherever there's room really so <laughs> there's apparently Where there's a will yeah. there's a way <laughs> pretty much pretty much <laughs> The silent death is upon you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure how... That, like, it doesn't last forever. They don't achieve it for very long. Yeah. There's the darkness of the night before the moon rises. Okay. Yeah. Once the moon rises, the Sabines catch a glimpse of a whole bunch of bodies <laughs> lying around. 
and realize that they're there is not Romans. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. Where's Bob? Where's Phil? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And once they realize this, that the uh, the s- sneaky nighttime attack has just not fared very well, they basically run away. Run away, yeah. run away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, glorious. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. This kind of, I, even though Livy is much briefer, it does kind of tie in with the whole <laughs> Watch attitude. Your head. Yeah, exactly. Look, we're not done yet. Though. I know. No, yeah, I, yeah. I never suspected it for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Sabines run away, but yes. back to Fadine. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Fall back position, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucretius, being in on the plan and knowing that this was going to be a night attack, has rocked up with his own armed forces and is chasing down the stragglers of the Sabines As who are do. fleeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a whole bunch of Sabines are slain. Uh-huh. Um, a whole Princess? bunch of captured. Yeah, excellent. Taken, yeah. yeah, good, good. And the camp that the Sabines had set up next to Fidine is also taken. Awesome. Yeah. So it's really just Fidine now that's left. Yeah. Stronghold. And the holdout. Yeah. Holdout, yeah. So Fidine is holding out. A siege happens. Of course, yeah. Surprise! <laughs> it's a war, guys. Yeah. Um... People are sort of, they're very sort of, look, we're not going to give in. I mean, it's a problem. Sure, they hold out for a little while. Um, but actually, they don't have a lot of supplies. And yeah. this is a real problem. So this is not a lengthy siege. It's not a set piece siege like yeah. we've seen in other battles. Um, this is sort of... There's no bridge. <laughs> look, you know, they really just decide to be like, okay, all right, you've got us. Yeah. Look, yeah. come in. We weren't prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, so the Romans do uh, some particular things yeah um they order for the most prominent who have been involved in the revolt to be scourged with rods mm. uh mm, that's not always good. pleasant yeah. <laughs> put, to, put to death inside of everybody so pretty standard fare yeah um the rest they allow to live and they're mm. like look not all of you are to blame i know the sabines came at you and were like can we sit in your city yeah <laughs> you can't all be wrong can you and after all you've seen what we do to people who betray us <laughs> so i'm sure you'll behave from now on yeah and rome is really interested in sort of covering its back at this point in time and it's like there's been a lot of backwards forwards warfare with the sabines yeah I, and also i wouldn't say that rome's probably feeling itself in the strongest position it's ever been no in. not super confident no right now. not after everything no. that's happened it's been a few defeats it's yeah. been a problem Possibly an occupation, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe. Whatever. Maybe yeah. they hadn't expelled the kings at all. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Uh, in any case, they decide that the best plan would be to garrison uh, Fidine with their own troops. That sounds wise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Plug that gap. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that will help, won't it? Um, this will be good. The consuls both get a triumph. Yes. Aww. Of course. As, as happens in Livy, just <laughs> in a much, as I say, more concise fashion. <laughs> so... The war is done. Nice. Have some triumphs. Okay. No, no, the war is not done. Oh, damn. <laughs> I lied. Oh, you got me again. <laughs> but that concludes 504, as far as Dionysius of Halicarnassus is concerned. Right. Okay, cool. Well, basically, I mean, you know, as we know, um, I have this much briefer version of what happens with, you know, Rome crushing the Sabines. Mm. Um, and then Livy sort of goes off into detail, much more detail, actually, about um, revolt of certain Latin colonies. Oh, I'm getting to those. Okay, I won't bring them up then. But yeah, basically, the, the whole thing with the Sabines doesn't really rear its head again um, until a little bit later, when basically he says um, that the, the tension sort of... Um, are aroused again with the Sabines 
when particular Sabine youths are misbehaving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So basically, Gangster during the consulship, style. yeah, during the consulship of Posthumius Cominius and Titus Latius. Oh God, okay. I can do this. You can. You Titus Latius. There we go. I don't know why that was so hard. I um, up to them yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's much later that I have this stuff about the Sabines. And basically, mm. yeah, he's like Sabine youths. They're misbehaving. Interestingly, it seems that their violence is directed towards um, courtesans at Rome. And, Interesting. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, during like a time where everyone's having fun, it's public games, la la la. And basically Livy says, this bad behaviour leads to a scuffle. And you could call the scuffle a war. <laughs> or like a battle. <laughs> and from this, it seems that maybe war is looming again. And that's really, that's really all I got. <laughs> that is intriguing. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really quite curious about the courtesans and I what know. has happened there. To, I know it's like to turn this scuffle into a potential. Yeah, I just, war. I just love the way Livy says that. You know, yeah, you know, like the mob gets involved, scaffolds break out. You could call it a battle. It seems to be leading to war. You know, <laughs> tension in as the it does. Yeah, exactly. Conflict over courtesans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's basically all I've got when it comes to Sabines. Anywhere near the vicinity that you're talking about. Wow, mine's that is fascinating. I think mine's quite a few years down the track. So yeah, I'm looking thing. forward. Yeah. I'm like, if you've just got a mention of courtesans and scuffles, yeah. I just wonder like how in depth <laughs> mine might be. Exactly. I'm yeah. really hoping for a long story to <laughs> But we'll see. Yes. Um, anyway, sorry, continue your war. <laughs> the war continues. Indeed. It is 5.03 approximately. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Publius Postumius Tubertus, mm. consul for the second time, okay. sharing the consulship with Agrippa... Menenius Lanatas. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Fat Mr. Fancy. I don't think I've heard of him before. No, no, consul for the first time. Thought so, thought so. Yes. And the Sabines, uh, despite the loss at Fidine, decide that it might be time to make some more incursions into Roman territory. Why, of course. With a larger army. Right. Well, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you considered that the reason why we lost at Venino yeah. is because we didn't try Maybe hard enough? Maybe we weren't prepared or we should yeah. have been. <laughs> Maybe we should have had some more men. <laughs> Lucky we can rustle some more up. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. they, they start to proceed into Roman territory. Yeah. Uh, advancing towards the walls of Rome, as you do. Yep. And... Uh, the Romans actually suffer a great loss of life in the countryside. So the shepherds, husbandmen, so forth and I so gotcha. on. I yeah, 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 yeah. And this becomes a problem because they all start to fall back. Yeah, like <laughs> to, to the, the walls, city. to the walls. Yeah, guys, <laughs> something bad is happening outside the city. Yeah, get out of sin, please. Can my sheep and I reside here for the night? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So the Sabines attack and Postumius uh, decides that this is just intolerable. Yes. Rouses up some men, uh, whoever he can find, yeah, and immediately marches straight away uh, to rescue the ones that are falling back, the nice. husbandmen and shepherds and the defenceless farm folk. Good. Um, unfortunately, he, he rushes. It's a bit of a hasty oh, thing. Oh dear! Uh, oh dear! <laughs> not a hasty really. war is not a good war. Yes. <laughs> Less haste, guys. Yes. So I mean, the Sabines are like, oh. Oh, he's coming at us with some dudes. Yeah. Well, you know what we should do? Do a bit of a fallback. <laughs> Let's do a bit of a fallback. But like nodding and winking to each other going, he has no idea how many dudes we've got. <laughs> no idea. Um, this time. This time we've got them. <laughs> you, yeah, just you wait. Yeah. And so they're like, they're doing the fallback. 
and they keep fleeing back until they get to a thick of trees where they've right. got their other dudes hiding. Ah, clever. As clever. you do. <laughs> and then they turn around and face Postumius and his men. Nice. And... Yeah, it doesn't go so well for the Romans at that point. <laughs> um, just imagine. Yeah, the Sabines sort of get the better of that. At which point, Lanitas, the new consul, mm. uh, is like, uh, well, I can, I've been organising an army myself. Um, nice. Less hastily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if a thing's worth doing, it's <laughs> worth doing well. I've gotten the men together. I've told them about like what the situation is and we've, we've got a time plan and we've got a schedule and... I'm here to help. Ah. Ah. That's why you have a console. That's why you have two consoles. (laughs) One of them's like, I just did the thing and I screwed it up. It's like, I'll hold their attention (laughs) while you do it properly. (laughs) I will save you. Exactly. Okay. So Lanitas is way more organized. Uh, He gets his men down there and uh, they manage to extract um, Postumius out of there. And the Samans are still quite pleased because actually they've won that battle. So they've yeah, still got sure. like booty and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> they are. This leads to some like pretty strange discussions though between the Sabines who are like, so we kind of won that battle, uh, really. Does this make us masters of the universe? <laughs> yeah, we feel like we won that battle. And yeah. even though we decided to walk away at the end of it because uh, uh, Lanitas turned up, um, <laughs> we do feel strongly that we sh- should be in charge um, of the greater sort of commonwealth and alliances in oh this dear. area. Oh dear. Um, I can see where this is heading. <laughs> not only that, we're pretty sure you should restore the Tarquinii. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. <laughs> Wait, is Sextus still involved in their war effort at this yeah. point? Right, of course yeah. he is. Of course he is. Yeah. There's always a Tarquin lurking <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Don't dismiss the Tarquinii yeah. until you hear that they're dead. <laughs> um, yep, he's still involved. So the Sabines make this demand that you restore the Tarquinii and you let the Sabines be in charge of the greater Italian area. Yeah. Um, the Romans, you know. Of course. Being. Let me guess. The Romans went. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They were like, that's nice, but how about. How about, you, no? how about <laughs> you guys lay down your arms and leave us in charge and we don't restore the Tarquinii? If history is anything to go by, you won't come out the better in this conflict. <laughs> yeah, look. Um, so negotiations break down. Right. Surprise. Yeah, yeah man. Um, it's time for war. Surprise. It seems like it, it seems to be a trend, even though we, we don't really believe the whole negotiations, negotiations with Paul Senna's story entirely. It does really seem to be that negotiations are just constantly having a spanner thrown into the works because someone always brings up the freaking Tarquins. Yeah. Oh, look. It's spanner like, It's like works. this weird catnip into yeah. the com- You know, you want to ruin a conversation. Like, just, like, distraction tactic. Even if, yeah, even if I believe that, okay, this is what's going on right now, as in, you know, the Tarquinii just popping up on the side of every army that the Romans oppose or whatever. Mm. I still feel like people would not be so stupid. It's almost like they don't, it's almost like maybe they don't want to negotiate. <laughs> maybe they know this is a way that they're just going to get the Romans to go, get out of here! Just take your demands and go out there! 
They're like, if we do this for long enough, like we'll eventually wear them down. Exactly. They'll either restore the Tarquinii, which is what they want, yeah, or we'll eventually ruin them because exactly. they'll just keep engaging in war that they can't sustain. Exactly. I suppose, though, if we think about it, like it feels like we've been talking about this for a long time. But when you think about it, it's still only been a couple of years, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. But still, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and look, I mean, the Tarquinii must be doing some charismatic persuading if this is this is the they extent really to which they just keep I cropping know. up in Freaking this narrative. Freaking exiled royalty from a... And yet somehow everyone keeps going, yeah, I'll back that. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like a really choice bet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this for them. They have persistence. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they deserve to rule. Exactly. With that level of stubbornness, somebody just <laughs> let them be in charge of something. Their patriotism is truly touching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry. Well, <laughs> oh, no, don't yeah. apologize. Uh, it's getting laughable, really. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they prepare for war, as you do. Yep. Um, They set up near the city of Eritum, which is a city that belongs to the Sabines. Uh Uh-huh. The two armies approach each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And interestingly, Mm. uh, the Romans are outnumbered, but they have portents on their side. They have what? Oh, portents. (laughs) Sorry. I thought you meant Who? I thought you meant poor tents. And I was like, how is that good for an army to have bad tents? Yeah, you know, with the powers of poor grandma, we will defeat you. <laughs> Sorry. Portents, like, gotcha. Portents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religious signs. Gotcha, yeah. Signs from the other that side. That's much more promising, yeah. Divine signal. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, what's involved in these divine signals? Well, I'm so glad you are. <laughs> so, it seems that um, the Romans, when they set up their camp, mm. um, they set around, set up their, their javelin-style weapons, their pilae, yeah. uh, around the tents. It's part of the palisade process. Okay. So, it's part of the defense construction of any camp. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. No, so far, no portent. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming yet, there. <laughs> yet. So, um, all of a sudden, after they've set up the camp, mm. these pillay, uh flames start to emerge from the tips of the heads. Ooh. Doesn't really make that sense. That's pretty cool. That yeah, pretty cool. because that's not the wooden part of a, of a pillay. Uh, no, no. Uh, and, and yet, here we are. And so, this happens along all of the pillay in the camp. And it lasts for almost the whole night. Wow. Mm. That's pretty spooky. This is a shine. <laughs> this is a shine. Um, and so, uh, you know, how do we decode such a prodigy? Well, favorably, uh, I would imagine. <laughs> when you're the Romans and you're outnumbered by the Sabines and you don't have much left in your narrative to carry you through, yep. it's going to be a positive sign. Exactly. Uh, in portends, surprisingly enough, a speedy and brilliant victory. <laughs> Why? You so I think ask. maybe I should have more portents in my life. Yeah, look, I always look for the favourable signs when the chips are down. Um, everything yields to fire, and there is nothing that is not consumed by fire. Ah. So, if these javelins are on yeah. fire, yeah. well, this, and they're the Roman ones. Maybe that's what you should be using. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go at the enemy with those. Yeah. Can't fail. <laughs> well, I must admit, if I had uh, a bunch of Romans coming at me with a bunch of flaming javelins... I think I'd find that rather intimidating. Yeah, well, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And so the Romans get a real boost in morale from the prodigy and the reading of it in a positive way. Of course they do. Yeah. And so even though the Sabines are much greater in number, yeah. um, 
the courage that the Romans derived from the prodigy sees them through. Nah. Postumius, um, Mr. Disorganized yeah. uh, earlier on, <laughs> decides to be much more organized this time he to did. redeem himself. What have you learned from your lessons? That's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he works with his fellow consul Good. in a tandem attack on promising, the Sabines. Promising, Yes. <laughs> and the Sabines are utterly routed. Oh, my God. <laughs> they all flee. The Romans pursue them and they capture both the Sabine camps. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Which they have good tents. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is exciting. And the reason why I wanted to get through this narrative yeah, is yeah. because this is the point where Dionysius actually explicates the difference in his view mm. between the triumph and the ovation. Uh-huh. Mm. Now, I had I... a purpose in leading you down see. this path. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, the triumph is far more grand than it the is ovation. Way more grand. Yeah, exactly. And there is a good reason why we have a triumph and an ovation in this particular instance. Okay. Uh, and it's because Postumius Virtus mm. hasn't been that great this year. He's yeah. made some boo-boos. He has He's had bit, to be yeah. safe for his fellow consul. He has just a tad. Yeah, yeah so Menenius mm. gets a triumph mm. and Postumius gets an ovation. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so the details, the distinguishing features as far as Dionysius is concerned between the two is yeah. when you have a triumph, mm-hmm. you get to ride in on a royal chariot. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah. For, King for, the, for the day, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, for a little but, while. But, uh, ooh. Not really, not really. <laughs> but not King, you know. Yeah. Really. Careful, careful. Just good to pretend, just good to pretend. Don't say the word Rex. <laughs> um, for an ovation, you enter the city on foot. Yes. Um, so, you know, no wheels for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been that good. No. You've been you all right. walk, young man. <laughs> <laughs> you still got some stuff ahead exactly, of you. Exactly, yeah. For a triumph, you yeah. get to wear the embroidered... Uh, purple gown with the gold. Yeah, I don't think you get to do that for innovation, do you? No, you do have to wear your white toga with your purple border. Yeah, which much is... less fancy. Much. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, it's the same toga that a consul or a praetor is allowed to wear. Well, yeah, but so, you're already a consul, so yeah. big whoop. <laughs> yeah. But I normally wear. Congratulations. Yeah. Not only are you walking around the city, which is what you would normally do, yeah. you're still wearing the same clothes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so is an ovation offensive? Well, just you wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, so you're in a triumph, you've got your royal chariot, you're wearing your gold toga with your gold, like the purple toga with the gold embroidery. It's very nice. Yes. You get to wear a gold crown. Mm. Mm. Now, with an ovation, you get to wear like a wreath, don't you? Just yeah. Like a, is it a laurel wreath? It is. Yeah. A so. laurel yeah. wreath. Yeah. Um, so, also less exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not as not as sparkly. Not as not as amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> and as the the person engaging in the triumph, you also get to carry a scepter. Ooh, Ooh that sounds kingly. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Just a uh, for an ovation, no scepter. No scepter. <laughs> No scepter for you. So really, your only distinguishing feature for an ovation it's really just a laurel wreath. Yeah. Well, is the laurel wreath and the fact that you're actually like there's a parade happening sure. around yeah, you yeah, while sure. that's doing it. Yeah, because yeah, like true. people yeah. are celebrating. It's not like you're literally just walking around the city going, "Hey, how you doing? <laughs> nice to see you. Have you seen my wreath? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, this means I, yeah. I really get to wear it today. Yeah, but, you know, pretty cool ride, <laughs> guys. So, do you think that this is since there is so much more detail about this in Dionysius? Do you think his purpose of going into this much detail 
is so that he can explain the difference between animation and Well, art. yeah, he starts oh. to build in um, more excursuses from this yeah. point. Excursi? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> more asides into yeah. his narrative, talking about his own historical method yeah, okay. um, from this point. And so talking about like what sort of details he thinks is relevant, yeah. what, what he thinks a historian should be doing, yeah. what is the purpose as a historian. And I suppose this is where I, I suppose you can, you can really see that perhaps cultural difference, cultural difference, I can't talk today, <laughs> between Dionysius and Livy a little bit, in that Livy being a Roman source perhaps doesn't always feel the need, perhaps. To, I mean, he does explain the origins of things sometimes, but do you think maybe there's more of a need in Dionysius to explain what's happening yeah, well, ideally Dionysius is writing in Greek, and his yeah. audience is not Roman exactly. necessarily. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, there will might, be there yeah. will be Roman readers. Yeah, um, but, but at the same time, he yeah. is he is also writing maybe. in Greek. Exactly. Yeah. So, so maybe there's a little bit more there's a drive need... to explain the Roman customs, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, and trying to understand yeah. how the Romans become the way that they are exactly, in his own yeah. period. Yeah, I mean, Livy certainly does explain, you know, okay, well, our custom came from this or this came from that and that sort of thing, mm. but perhaps just not as relentlessly, you know, because there's a certain amount, I suppose, of assumed knowledge, perhaps. Or yeah. maybe, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just going And And, of course, there's the yeah. different source traditions, like what yeah. is Dionysius reading True. in yeah. order to write this. Yeah. And, and actually, in the lead-in to this discussion of the ovation versus the triumph, he does actually name-drop another historian, right, uh, Licinius okay. Massa, mm-hmm. as part of his reference. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. He doesn't do it very often. But he, no. But for this... <laughs> Unfortunately, he, none of our sources do. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not, not quite as clear on their source material no. as we'd like them to be. Yeah. Um, exactly. But he does name drop Massa here. Okay. Uh, which I think is relevant in, yeah. in terms of, like, he's trying to give more credibility to the sorts of details he's providing about sure, this yeah. particular distinction between the ovation and the triumph. Absolutely, yeah. So it could just be that he had more access to... He's either got access yeah. to different source material yeah, exactly, or he's yeah. prioritizing different sources. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we do you think pause there? I think a... I think this is a great spot to pause. Excellent. Okay. Well, stay tuned for more exciting conflicts. Perhaps not against the Sabines. What? I know. What? Next you telling me that war is over? I, I might just be a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes, drop us a line on Twitter, visit Facebook, or stop by our WordPress page. Ooh.